This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. Well, there was a, a news item a couple of weeks ago that, that caught my eye, and I, I, wanted to, I wanted to use it as a stepping-off point this morning as we discuss the world of youth coaching. Now, according to, uh, to the Associated Press account, in a kids' baseball league in Durham, New Hampshire, one of the coaches in the league overheard a conversation between two other youth coaches in which they were allegedly planning to have an 11-year-old girl be beamed by a pitch in a practice session. Now, this conversation supposedly took place during the spring's draft uh, get-together with all the league's coaches. And uh, as word of this ridiculous plan eventually got back to the 11-year-old's father, who was understandably quite upset and angry. And what would be the reason to hit her with a pitch? Well, apparently... Uh, to encourage the girl, the only 11-year-old girl in the league, by the way, to, to quit the sport, even though she has played youth baseball for several years. Now, the, the accused coaches claim that this is a, a third-party conversation. It's all hearsay, and that everything was taken out of context and has been distorted. But that being said, the league is in the process of investigating what was actually said and why. And just this past week, I understand one of those coaches had stepped down. Meanwhile, from what I can gather, the girl is in fact playing and has not been hit in the head this spring. Now, of course, this kind of story is shocking and upsetting to to say the least. I mean, even worse, it's difficult to imagine how any youth coach, obviously all of them are parents, could even think of saying anything like this, even in jest. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And, you know, it, it, it sort of reminds me of the time some years ago when my youngest daughter, Samantha, was playing in the Youth Baseball League in the town where we live. Sam is a tremendous athlete, quite competitive, and she loved playing baseball. In fact, she continued to play in the Youth League in our town until she was 12 before she opted to switch from baseball to lacrosse in the spring. In any event, one day at, at baseball practice, uh, I was observing the youth coach, and he was attempting to throw batting practice to the kids. But unfortunately, the coach wasn't especially athletic himself. And even worse, instead of uh, throwing the soft, you know, squishy balls to the kids, he decided he was going to pitch baseballs. And his pitches were literally going all over the place. He had no what, I, what idea in terms of throwing BP. In any event, Sam, my daughter, lined up for her swings, and a wayward pitch came in high and tight and hit her in the head. Now, fortunately, she had a helmet on, and she was more frightened than hurt, but the experience always stuck with me about youth coaches and whether they actually know what they're doing when it comes to working with little kids in, in the youth leagues. No, I, I certainly don't think the coach in this case was trying to hit my daughter, but
But to me, the takeaway was that youth coaches, well, you really need to know your limits when it comes to coaching kids. And if you do have some difficulties, you got to make sure you do the right thing. Now, heck, maybe this is one of the reasons why, when it comes to youth leagues these days, why so many parents are taking their youngsters to club teams because the club coaches are presumably better prepared on how to coach kids and how to throw batting practice accurately and how to teach skills, how to run better practices, and so on. I mean, it's standard that in most towns, the people who coach kids in the youth leagues are volunteers. They are the the moms and dads who give of their time to coach our kids, and they are to be saluted for doing that. Yet, that being said, many of these volunteer coaches are not trained or schooled or have the ability and how to work with youngsters. I mean, in the real world, they may be trained, as, uh, let's say, as uh, real estate brokers or Wall Street types or truck drivers or whatever. But whatever their profession is, they are not often educated on how, how to work with kids today when it comes to youth sports. In any event, I, I want to take a few moments this morning to remind you all about coaching kids. Because working and, and, and instructing kids on how to play the sport, whatever the sport may be, this does take effort and some sense and some determination and sensitivity to get the job done right. And by the way, the, these, these fundamental coaching ideas that I'm going to present in a few minutes are not just for baseball or for softball, but they're for all the youth sports. And I'd like to get your suggestions as well. We discussed a few weeks ago how club teams are changing the landscape when it comes to kids and sports. Well, in terms of volunteers at the youth level in our towns and communities, I want to hear from you to get your sense of what we can do to improve things, especially if you've encountered some you know, frustrating or difficult situation, either as a sports parent or as a youth coach yourself. And, of course, our number is uh, 1-877-337-6666. That, of course, is brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. You can plan your stay at mohegansun.com. You know, I'm talking about the basics. I mean, for example, if you're going to volunteer to work with your kid in sports, and I think that's a great idea, and I'm, I'm trying to encourage you to do that, but there, are, there is a certain right way to organize and to run a practice session, how to actually communicate with kids, how to recognize that the youngsters look upon you as an authority figure, how to introduce a sense of, of discipline with the kids. And, and I just feel the time has come, and every so often on this show I like to talk about this, I think it's important to review some of the very basics because, let's face it, when it comes to youth sports in our towns, it's all about the moms and dads having some idea. You just can't show up there and say, okay, here, here are the bats and balls, or here's the soccer balls, or here's the lacrosse sticks. No, you've got to put some effort into this to get the job done right. Now, I, I have to tell you, I um, let me start off with one. I have a number of, of uh ideas and suggestions here. Let me start off with one basic one, which I think is, is, is important to remind parents who work as coaches, especially when you're working with kids ages, let's say, 6 through 12. So we're talking about the really young, young uh, level. Number one, absolutely, as a coach, no sarcasm. I mean, the fact is most youngsters do not understand the difference between a coach's observation and when they're using sarcasm to either be funny or to make a point. Kids just don't get sarcastic comments. So don't confuse the kids. Look, if you want to be a comedian, well, then go work in a nightclub as a stand-up comic. Okay, but don't be sarcastic around kids. They just don't get that. They get conflicting signals. They don't understand it. So take the easy way out. 
Just make your comments upbeat and be positive with kids. Keep a smile on your face that they can see at every practice and every game. That's, that's the kind of basic fundamental th- concept that I want to really review today as we go through a number of these things and, of course, get your calls as well. Let's, let's start our conversation this morning with Jay over in Bergen County, New Jersey. Jay, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick, and uh, thanks uh, for Carrie. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> she's terrific, yes. Uh, hey, Rick, I was, uh, it was funny you mentioned <laughs> truck drivers. Uh, I, I was a truck driver for over 40 years. Uh-huh. So my son, I uh, just got off the phone with him. He's going to be 45 years old. So we're going back a while. Uh, I didn't know anything about coaching. We were starting. I had moved to this nice town of Bergen County. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a peewee league starting up. Uh, I guess five, six years old, the kids were. And that day, uh, a fellow named Marty, who had no children involved in it, uh, offered to help. And I'm down there, and I had tags to put on the kids. You know, so they could all know everybody's name, and and uh, I had picked on my route. I had picked up, I think, three books on how to uh, teach uh, little league baseball, and it covered Pee Wee all the way up, you know, through the little league, and you know how to deal with the kids because we didn't pitch to them at that time. At, you know, the Pee Wees they hit off the tee. Mm-hmm. And, boy, these books, did they help? I mean, we had a great time. And what happened, we wound up uh, 50 kids that particular day, and we wound up with about six or seven girls, which I never figured, uh, oh, geez, how old is he, 40, 40 years ago, 39 years ago, that that many girls had come out. And we had no uh, woman there. And uh, we know kids have to u- use the facilities sometimes out in the field. So there was few mothers there, and I said, "Listen, Marty, we might need a uh, a mother here to, to volunteer to be at these games." And sure, two mothers, uh, you know, volunteered, and it worked out very well just by re- uh, reading these books, Rick. Jay, I got to tell you, you're, you're <laughs> and, and you're stealing my thunder here because my very next point has to do about if you're volunteering the coach and you don't know the rules of the sport. Well, you have to go to the library or, or you know, yeah. get a video or, or educate yourself so you can teach the kids. Yeah, you know? it, it worked, out, it worked uh, out wonderful, Rick, and we never had any, any problems at all. I, I, get, and, and there were no regulations at that time, Rick. We didn't have to be fingerprinted. And, no, it, you know. it was a different time and, and a different place. Uh, Jay, thank you for, for thank your thoughts you. this morning. Thank Appreciate you for your it. Show. Thank, thank you. And, and, you know, to Jay's point, Again, you got to do a little homework there. It's wonderful to volunteer of your time, but you know, let's face it: the, the the sport that your kids may be playing may be a sport you're not personally familiar with. You didn't play as a youngster yourself, so you have to go and learn the rules of the game. I mean, that means, for example, if you aren't familiar with the rules at the youth level for softball or for lacrosse or for baseball, get the rule book and spend some quality time, like you're reading, like you're preparing for a test. If you don't know the infield fly rule in baseball, well, if you're going to coach youth league baseball, you better learn it. Uh, or if you don't know when a player is offsides in soccer or in ice hockey, well, find out what the rule is or what constitutes a, a penalty in either boys or girls lacrosse. Uh, I assume you know, for example, when it comes to baseball, you know they changed the rules on the baseball bats for this spring. So you, if you don't know the rules, how are you going to teach that? How are you going to teach the rules to the kids? Because they're going to look to you as the so-called expert when it comes to their sport. So, you know, do some homework, as Jay said. Go to the library, get some books, 
or look at some videos and get an idea of what the sport is because you're being positioned as somebody who is going to be a quote-unquote expert in that sport when it comes to the kids. I mean, there's nothing more embarrassing to be the coach and think you know the rules when, in fact, you really don't. All right, let me – we're talking about basic fundamental coaching tips for, for, uh, for people who want to volunteer at the youth level this morning. And back here on the Sports Edge this morning, we're talking about some basic fundamental approaches if you're going to volunteer – uh, to coach your kids' teams uh, this spring or in the fall, uh, and and basically what you need to understand how to prepare uh, to work with kids between the ages of let's say six and twelve. It's not it's not just a matter of showing up on time. You got to do some homework and some preparation before you get to the field or to the court or to the rink to make sure you're you're communicating the right way with uh, your youngsters. And we're taking your calls at eight one eight seven seven three three seven. 6666, uh, let's go to Coach Tom over in North Arlington. Tom, good morning. You're on the fan. How you doing, Rick? Good. How are you, Tom? Okay. You know, um, I just heard you this morning. It, it brought back a memory of uh, a story. When I first started coaching basketball in mm-hmm. high school, I said, to, it, it, it doesn't sound like it's uh, relevant, but it is. Um, I said, you know what? Having a team that can't shoot well has never been a problem. I said, the only problem you have is when you have a team that can't shoot well and they think they can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and to me, youth coaching is the same way. Not knowing certain things is not a dangerous thing. Okay, it's it's when you think you know everything and yes. don't want to accept help. That's correct. And, and and to me, I I believe the leagues could and should run clinics. You know, because in, in every league, there's guys that know stuff and there's guys that don't know stuff. Correct. I I, uh, I start help my friend a little bit with his little league team when I can. And one thing I'll say, our team is our our league is super coordinate. Excuse me, super talented. We have some good players, no, but the coaches are they they help each other. It's great. You watching a game, you know, a guy that's a good hitting coach, you know, he'll go over and, and help the other team, and the coaches sometimes practice together. And I, I be I'll be honest with you. I mean, the screaming and yelling is there as always, you know, with the kids. But as far as helping each other, these. I think this is a good thing. I think coaches to try to help each other. When I first started coaching, I was 16 years old. Okay, I was in high school. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't super athletic. And I overheard a parent saying something about me. You know, this guy knew his stuff. He was a minor league player at one time, and he, he coached in a, I think, in a higher league. I was coaching minor league. Yep. And I heard him making a comment about me really not knowing what I was doing. And, I mean, it wasn't directed right at me, but I did hear it. So afterward, I said, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, I said, you know what, you're 100% right. Is there anything you could do to help me out? And he just totally changed his tone. And from that point on, you know, we got to be good friends. He helped me a little bit. He taught me a lot of things. I ended up coaching with him later at the Legion level. And it's... uh Usually, if someone may has a complaint, if people are willing to lose the ego and ask for help, if especially, like I said, not knowing is the most important thing. Well, Tom, you raise an interesting observation that, yes, and, and these days, a lot of the, the youth leagues will offer clinics uh, before the season to help introduce the coaches as to what's expected and to give them some, some guidelines. But invariably, those coaches who do have the egos – who say, ah, I don't need to, I don't need to be, uh, go to a clinic. I played this game as a kid myself. I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody to tell me how to, how to coach a bunch of kids. It's those guys that really need the help because they don't listen and uh, they're not going to have the ability to reach out to other coaches 
for for uh, you know instruction or, or to be to be well schooled in that particular sport, and that's the problem. We do have this unfortunate situation where too many of these um, the volunteers just don't think they need to be helped at all, and that 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 unfortunately tends to be a perpetual kind of issue. And and as we we have learned that you can always learn something every day. Of course. And especially in baseball, we always say, you know, and there's always a chance you go to a game and see something you never saw before. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care, Rick. Thanks, Tom. Good points. Good point. and, and, and I just, you know, I speaking of preparation for, for youth leagues, uh, one of the rules that I, I like to, or principles I like to put forth is, if you're going to be the coach, You've you got to take time to basically pre-plan and to organize and run your practice sessions so that there's no standing around. And we mentioned, you know, the, like you got to keep your practices moving with little kids. you got to keep the kids and the players on the go. There's nothing more, more boring than just standing around. Like in, in, in baseball and in batting practice where one kid is trying to hit – and everybody else stands around in the outfield just trying to shag an occasional ball. That's just boring, and it's defeating for the kids. You as the coach, you got to design your practice sessions, whether it's baseball or softball or soccer, whatever sport may be, into numerous – break them up you know, into numerous short segments. you got to set up drills and more drills. Divide your entire roster into, into small rotating groups. Get your assistant coaches to run various drill stations so that every kid gets a lot of reps and a lot of personal attention. I mean, over here, for example, let's say it's baseball. In this field, we've got four or five kids working on fielding ground balls. And over in this workstation, we got, we're working on catching pop-ups. And over here, we're learning uh, how, kids how to throw strikes and so on. You've got to keep the kids moving every five, seven minutes. A whistle blows. They move on to the next workstation. That's how you run a very successful, energized youth league practice where the kids feel they're involved, they're being paid attention to by the coaches. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times coaches say, well, we'll have a scrimmage today. Well, a scrimmage should be seen as something uh, at the end of practice as a reward uh, you know, if the kids have done well uh, in their various efforts. A scrimmage is to say we're going to scrimmage all day today. That's just like filler. The, the games are what the kids want to play, and the scrimmages are nice, but they don't really help the kids improve their individual skills, whether whatever the sport may be. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to Mike over in Clifton, New Jersey. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning. Um, so, you know, I, I look at it from a little bit of a, a different perspective. I'm a I'm a coach, a youth coach. I'm also a certified athletic trainer mm-hmm. uh, who focuses on sports safety education, uh, as well as I'm a, a board member for a Clifton uh, baseball league. Right. So I think it's very important that as a board. Uh, for a league, you give your coaches the necessary tools. Um, so we set up emergency action plans, procedures and policies in place with regards to sport safety, where they're, we set up online education tools for them uh, and require them to take heat education, hydration education, concussion education courses, um, and also provide them tools that they're all able to share with their parents as well through social media and, and online with emails and things like that. So I think it's very important that you provide tools to your coaches as a board and also policies and procedures that are in place to ensure the safety of your student-athletes. Well, Mike, there's no, there's, athletes. No, there's no question that, that obviously educating the parents uh, as to health, safety, and welfare of the kids who are playing, that's essential. But today we're talking more about the actual uh, hands-on instruction of the kids because, as I said, we, I still see these issues uh, that, that the, par- the coaches who volunteer – 
they really don't know the sport. They don't know the rules of the sport. They really don't know how to work with kids. There's still, unfortunately, too much profanity being used. Uh, these are the issues. So I, I, I'm glad that in over in Clifton that these things exist, uh, particularly with the, the tools and clinics being available online. I just hope that the parents uh, and the coaches, you know, avail themselves of that because uh, I, I just I just worry that a lot of too many coaches volunteer saying, I don't need that kind of training. I know what I'm doing. Uh, and they, they just don't pay attention. Well, and again, that's kind of where it comes into a fact that as a board for a youth sports league, you need to have the proper procedures, policies, and requirements in place that you can track your coaches, make sure your coaches are taking those courses. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's, so they are trained properly. Good. And that you, that you can manage the aspect of the sport being fun, but the, also the sport where you're teaching, uh, you know, you're also teaching uh, moral, ethics, character, um, you know, time management skills. All those aspects are part of, of sports, which makes sports great. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's also important, I think, from a youth sports perspective, is that you try to um, integrate with your um, with your secondary school, your high school in the in the area, to be able to work with those coaches in there for your coaches to get the proper instruction from coaches who are, you know, coaching at the high school level or possibly at the collegiate level as well. I I, I could agree more. In fact, I've been a longtime advocate, uh, and Micah, thank you for your call. Uh, I've been a longtime advocate uh, at the youth level to try to uh, build that continuum into high school. Uh, it's nothing better than to reach out to the high school varsity athletes, uh, regardless what sport it may be, and have them come down to work with the, the kids who are 6 through 12 uh, and let the varsity athletes teach those kids the, the, the skills that they need to learn on to learn as they develop uh, into potentially varsity athletes. Because the kids will certainly respond to the grown-ups, the parents, but they really respond to the varsity athletes who come down uh, and, and basically help out. And it doesn't have to be a full-time kind of gig because obviously the high school athlete is busy with his or her own you know, athletic career, but it's always a special day when the high school varsity athletes come down and work as clinicians uh, with the kids at the youth level. Let's move on. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Jimmy up in Hopewell Junction. Jimmy, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you, Jim? Good. Um, I'm a travel coach up here in uh, the Hudson Valley, mm-hmm. and... Actually, I'm, I'm basically going to reinforce pretty much everything that uh, your, your last caller said. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that it's it's you know it's incumbent upon the the youth leagues to train their coaches, and I don't think that they do it enough. I don't think they understand the um, the importance of it. Agreed. Um, just to give you just to give you an example, um, a couple weeks ago we held a seminar um, at our facility for little league coaches to come and learn how to run practices, how to make practice plans, um, and, you know, how to teach hitting, how to teach pitching. We had uh, seven Little League coaches show up. That's it? Seven. So I, I don't believe that the, um, the youth leagues promoted enough that, look, we have these resources that are there. Yeah. Jim, that, that's the problem. I mean, the fact is, it's, it's sort of, and I agree with you. I mean, it, it's put out as like, oh, by the way, here's a side benefit if you like to avail yourself of some instruction coach. But the, man, the mindset is most of the coaches, the volunteers, a lot of them say, I already know the sport. I, who's going who's gonna to teach me something I know 
deep down in my heart and soul. And that's the problem. Either these have to become mandatory or, or you know, not only whether it's in person or as Mike from Clifton said, they got to be taught online, but certainly the volunteer coaches have to understand there's a, there's a certain amount of responsibility that they're, they're volunteering to do this, and, and they really need to have training so that when these situations do occur in the games, if a kid is struggling, if the kid is not doing well, or there's a problem with uh, a situation, not knowing the rules, that the youth coaches have an idea exactly how complicated this is, and they've been trained, or at least have a sense of being trained as to have become better at, at, at working with kids. Exactly, and even if even if they don't attend a seminar, um, you know, to in, to do it in person. Yep. I mean, if you go online, and I'm sure you know this, USA Baseball, American Baseball Coaches Association, these are great resources. Absolutely, I mean, if you, sure. If you, USA Baseball's website, they will give you drills. They will give you practice plans. They will give you everything you need to be successful. Jimmy, there's there's no question that there's a wealth of information, uh, obviously online, uh, as well as just going to the, your local public library or, or securing a video. But the problem is, even though the resources are there, as you just pointed out, getting the coaches to understand they have to pay attention and do this. Uh, and again, I, I I do think there should be mandatory rules in place that if you're going to volunteer to work with youngsters, not just your own youngster, but other people's kids, which is a huge responsibility. And, Jimmy, thank you for the call this morning. If you're going to take on the responsibility and volunteer, and I said before, you are to be celebrated and saluted for doing that, but understand you're taking on a major responsibility because now you are the head coach and now falls upon you to know how to work with those kids who come out for the be in that team. And you're going to get kids of all various abilities and obviously the parents uh, are going to accompany the kids to watch how the kid goes through their paces at practice and at games, and you need to do some brush-up every year. Uh, you know, the fact that you played a particular sport, you know, 10, 20 years ago when you were in school, that's great. But the fact is now you have to go back and do your homework to make sure the rules haven't changed, or they probably have. You have to be educated. you got to remind yourself you're working with other kids, youngsters. As I said before, no sarcasm. Uh, no, no profanity. You got to learn how to basically communicate with kids today. Understand that they expect to be praised for pretty much everything they do, and how you're going to learn to give them a, a praise sandwich. Uh, you, you really got to do some work. And of course, as I said before, how to run a practice effectively so the kids become enthusiastic and energized about practicing. I mean, that's a major part of this. And again, I think these lessons, unfortunately, are lost by those those coaches who say, "Ah, I don't need those extra resources because I know this sport, uh, and I don't need anybody to help me work with kids." And that's the first warning sign for anybody who works with youngsters these days. Uh, and I, as I said, I think it's a huge issue, and maybe contributing to the fact that we see so many of the youth leagues drying up now as kids go on to play for club teams. All right, let me let me take a break. When I return, I'll continue with your calls. One eight seven seven. 337-6666. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. Don't forget at 9 o'clock this morning, just a few minutes from now, Ed Randall will be here and he will be talking baseball. Make sure you stick around for Ed and his commentary and great interviews. And as always, I uh, ask you to check out my, my website and my blog at askcoachwolf.com. And uh, don't forget to get a copy of Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, either in print form or as an ebook. And uh, by the way, we're talking this morning about the, the various uh, techniques and uh, way to prepare to be a volunteer coach 
when it comes to working with uh, your kids uh, in whatever sport they may be playing at the ages from, let's say, 6 through 12 in the local town leagues. And we're taking your calls at 1-877-337-6666. That continues our conversation. Let's go to our friend Jack over in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey. Hey, Rick. How are you? I'm good, Jack. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. It's, once again, a great topic. I mean, you know, it's I, I do lessons every uh, Sunday, Saturday morning, and I get up extra early so I can get your show, and all my lessons on Sunday are based on your schedule on your show. So <laughs> uh, My first lesson starts at 9. But a <laughs> okay. um, couple, couple things. First of all, you know, there's a book out there that's written about coaching youth sports by a guy named Rick Wolf. Maybe they should pick up that book and read that a little bit. <laughs> Jack, but, you, um, you, Jack, you are the, my, the, the best publicist I've ever had. You're tremendous. Well, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, and I told you this before. I've read, and you, you know, we've talked. I've, yeah. I've read over 50 books on mental game and, and coaching sports, and your the book, you know, Sports Psychology Revealed, The Secrets, it's the best I've ever read, and 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 the mental game of baseball by your mentor was my number one until I read your book. Yeah, so, Harvey Dorfman is legendary. Oh, Th- thank you. Oh um, my God! Thank but, you, Jack. Um, getting to youth sports, a yeah. lot of the youth coaches have to realize one thing: they might be their first connection with a kid. You're, they might be the kid's first coach that they ever have. So first impressions go a long way. If a kid gets turned off, they might get turned off forever. Mm-hmm. And and. You know, one of the things that we didn't discuss here a lot, I, I didn't hear, is that the mental game, what you write about, what you're, what you're an expert in. And, you know, even at the youth level, teaching kids to think positive, to even give them some visual, visualization skills on thinking good things and, and self-talk and, you know, and all those great things that were in your book. I mean, it, it's so, so important. And my second and my last uh, topic here is that youth coaches have to understand that what was being taught 20 years ago, because you played in college in the in the 90s and early 2000s, it's not being taught anymore. Correct. I remember when I remember when I was being taught baseball <laughs> 55, 50 years ago. Um, the three things, the basic things in hitting was to step into it, swing level, and keep your back elbow up. Yeah. That's not taught anymore. No. It's no. not. It's not part of the game. So educate, read. I mean, like I said, I, I, I read I, I read at least two, three books a month. And and a lot of times I'm reading one and two at the same time, but they're all basically on but, the same thing. But, Jack, to your yeah. point, and I think that's, that is is right on target, and as always, my thanks for the call, Jack. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, and, and, and the fact is, Jack's saying, yeah, you may have played that sport as a kid, whether it's baseball or softball or basketball or soccer, and what you learned was valid at that time. But obviously time marches on, and things are taught differently now. And, and it's you, if you say you're going to be a volunteer coach, okay, great. And as Jack also's point was, yeah, you probably will be one of the first coaches that a kid will encounter in their athletic career. So you really have to do some homework and have some sensitivity. Uh, but you have to also understand the game that you learned as a youngster yourself, it may have evolved and changed, and things are taught differently these days. And you, you owe it to the kids you're going to work with to be up to speed and what how the game has changed. It's as simple as that. And I think that's that's unbelievably important. And by the way, I, I just want to point out, and again, rule number one, or principle number one as a youth coach, 
you have to understand and embrace this concept that every kid plays and has to play a lot in each game. I mean, you've heard me preach this forever. But on game day, the moms and dads who come to watch, they come to watch their kid play. They really don't care that much about whether the team wins or loses, nor do they care about how well you coached or, or don't coach that well. But they come on to cheer their kid, and if they don't think their coach is playing their son or daughter a lot in the game, then the parents basically won't think you're a very good coach. It's as simple as that. Remember, this, we're talking about youth sports here. Let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Charles in Long Island. Charles, good morning. You're on the fan. Yeah, good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Charles. Um, I, I look at this from a little different perspective. I'm not a coach. I don't have kids playing youth ball, but I am a youth uh, baseball umpire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so as you as you as you know, I I get a whole perspective of what's going on, and uh, it is absolutely unbelievable what's going on with these kids and these coaches. Uh, you know, I'm not here to bash them, but um, when you have kids in the outfield sitting down and no one addresses it. The, the kids have their gloves on the wrong hand. They, they, they can barely hold the bat and swing, and yet the coaches are screaming like instructions at them that the kids have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> how, how, do you tell, how do you tell a seven-year-old with a running on second, he gets at the plate, Rick, he barely knows how to stand there, and the coach is screaming, John, you gotta get, you gotta hit behind that runner. You, you gotta get that rhythm in. It's, it's unbelievable. These kids have no idea. They, well, they barely, they barely can walk to the to the plate. That's that's exactly what we're talking about, Charles. And the fact is, and that you're an umpire, you pick up on this because you see this uh, routinely. Coaches, when you're working with young kids. You understand that, or work from the assumption that these kids have no idea how to play the game. <laughs> they don't. If, if they, they get to home plate, if they don't know how to swing a bat, and somehow they do make contact, they got to be taught they have to run to first base and not to third base. Uh, it's <laughs> as simple as that. And, you know, Charles, I, I'm sure as an umpire over the years, you've probably, especially at the youth, I'm sure you probably have times where you actually will help instruct a kid yourself. Uh, Rick, absolutely. Not only that, not the, the catcher, of course. Yes, that's, that's my main concern. That's my main safety. <laughs> It's it's uh, and Charles, I, I'm unfortunately we're we're losing your sure. signal here. But thank sure. you for the call, and your point is right on target. You know, coaches don't assume anything about the youngsters and how they can you know play the game or know the rules. They just don't know. And, and, and you have to work from that basic assumption that they don't know the rules at all, or how, and that's why they come to you to be skilled. So to Charles's point, if you're screaming at a kid who can barely swing a baseball bat, that he's got to move the runner along from second to third by hitting the ball behind him, he doesn't know, he doesn't know what that means. You have no, they have no idea what that means. That's where you basically take the time during practice and instruct it. Look, all these sports are, are, have different you know, subtleties to them. But you got to keep it very, very basic for kids who are six, seven, eight years old because that's how they learn the sport. Simple as that. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, David up in Western Connecticut. David, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning, Rick. It's uh, old school David here. How you doing? Yeah. Hi, Dave. How are you? <laughs> I wanted to, to uh, by, first of all, agree by acclamation with everything that everyone said, especially what Jack said about you know the a kid's coach could be their first connection. And the first lost connection to sports. Correct. Uh, from a from a board perspective, so I'm I sit on the board of one of our local leagues, and 
you know, I think that something that we've tried to do with, I'll, I'll admit, some limited success, especially with, with new coaches, um, is to actually provide a curriculum, meaning we're not just providing access to resources to say there's a book you should read or here's a you know, video or something like that. We're actually trying to say, here are the plays that you should run. And we want everyone in our league to know how to run, say, these two or three out-of-bounds plays. Mm-hmm. Or here are the drills you should run. And so every coach gets, um, you know, gets educated on ha- not just scheduling a practice, but how to run the drills and or the plays. And the idea is to sort of take out some of the variability because you are, as you know, Rick, going to get some coaches who know a little bit less, a little bit more, who know nothing, and you want to teach them and say, look, we're trying to make it really easy for you to be a, a coach, so don't go off into the wilds of the Internet and you know, find these cockamamie drills and, and plays. Like, here are the ones that we want everyone to learn. So when they go from third grade to fourth grade to fifth grade, by the time they get there, they, the coaches and the kids know all of this stuff. And so it's a, the boards can, can be a little bit more prescriptive when it comes to you know, hiring and empowering their coaches. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, Dave, I, you know, and we're, we're talking with Dave, uh, David Levy, uh, out of, who runs the Western Basketball League and up in Connecticut. And they do, Dave does a great job. And that's, that's the kind of really positive suggestion that I wish more youth league, uh, leagues uh, would adopt. Because you say, not only do you just say, oh, we have this, and we want to build in certain, you know, uh, practice drills, certain kind of plays, these kind of, but make it almost mandatory so the coaches have to do this. So it builds a sense of, of, uh, of continuity with the kids from year to year to year as they grow. Is that correct? Is that what you guys do? Yeah, we've had some more success say, with our girls program where the girls, pro- the girls coaches are, tend to be involved with our JV and varsity program. So the sixth grade girls are coached by, you know, one of our assistant coaches. So by the time they make it all the way to high school, yeah. they've been running high school girls plays. But, you know, with our, with our, and we, we then take that and say to our youth, youth coaches and parents, you guys should do this too. Why bother? you know, trying something new when by the time they get through the, the program, these are the plays that they're going to learn and just really make it easy on them to teach and to coach. Yeah, I, I think that's a splendid idea, David. And, um, yeah, I think that should work. And it's something that, that uh, you know, youth leagues could easily adapt and embrace uh, according to their own particular situations. Hey, David, thank you for the call and thank you for the suggestion. My pleasure, Rick. Take care. And, and you know, that's a good idea that youth league boards can put these kind of plans into place so that there is a building a sense of continuity and also tells the coaches, here's what we think we want you to teach the kids so that they understand, you know, a better, have a better idea of what we're trying to accomplish here with our kids as they progress through the sport as they get into middle school and into high school. All right, let me take a timeout. I'll be back. Stay with them. Some great suggestions and comments this morning about uh, what it takes to volunteer as a youth coach. And again, I, I just want to do some real a quick recap on this. First of all, uh, take it seriously. If you're going to give of your time uh, to work as a, a, a youth coach uh, in the league in your town, that's wonderful. You are to be uh, applauded. I think that's great. But just don't show up there in the first day and say, here we go, I'm ready to run the program. Do your homework. 
Uh, for example, um, I do believe, uh, as I, you know, uh, David Levy had mentioned, that there should be uh, you know, programs in place in the town and, and give the coaches uh, mandatory kind of training sessions where the, if you're going to be a youth league coach, you've got to come. And you got to be there and, and learn about how to work with kids today. That's essential. Organize your practice sessions. Uh, understand that kids today need to be taught the very fundamental basics. Don't assume they know anything about the sport they're playing. And, of course, if you're going to coach, you're going to go have to back and relearn uh, the basics yourself because the way you played the sport 10, 15, 20 years ago, well, it's changed. The rules may have changed. And, of course, the skills have been, are being taught in a different way these days. So, again, do your homework and prepare because that way everybody will have, obviously, a total positive experience. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Kara Ann Galante. Stick around for Ed Randall. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.